best part of waking up is having hope in your cup. I'm Stephanie Winslow, and thank you for coming to Cup of Hope podcast. Uh, it's my privilege and honor to be with you. Thank you so much for stopping by the channel, and I know that you will find hope in your cup to be full and overflowing as you dig into the Word of God with us in uh, study and also in prayer. So grab your cup and let's fill it up with the hope that God has in store for us. Thank you for joining and enjoy the show. from the Word of God. Let's lift up our cups together today and ask, Lord, would you fill us up today with the hope of your Word and the truth that we can glean from it by the power of your Word today. It is just so, um, we are blessed, blessed indeed. And every time I get to click the button and start uh, doing this live stream with you or whether you're watching right now in this moment as I'm recording or months down the road, every time I click the button, it's there's just this overwhelming sense of, of gratitude to be able to sit and to talk about the beautiful name of Jesus, to be able to, to discuss and proclaim his goodness and truth in the midst of the chaos of this world, in the midst of the darkness that's happening, and yet to continue to focus back on what is real, what is what is um, true, what is noble and pure and beautiful and upright and worthy and righteous, that is the name of Jesus. And when we fix our eyes on him and all that he is and all that he is doing, we can't get too bogged down in what's going on in our everyday. And that's why it's so important to, to continue to come back day after day after day. And even, even when it feels like, I, okay, I, I don't get the point of this. I don't understand why I'm doing this. I don't understand, you know, the, like nothing's happening. I, you know, come on God, like, where are you? In those moments of feeling like we're in a, stagnant place or we can't see God moving or working and we don't understand what's happening, continue to come back, continue to be faithful, continue to be obedient to his word. He will not disappoint. And what is interesting to me is that this whole month of January, we're talking about walking by faith and not by sight. Walking by faith and not by sight. And as we work through this journey of life as we take a day at a time, we recognize, and if we can just pull back a little bit, we can recognize that God has been at work through all of it. He's been at work in the difficult days, in the joyous days, he's been at work, he has been faithful. But it really requires us to, to take the pause to step back and say, okay, I'm gonna choose to believe you today. I'm gonna choose to walk by faith today and not by sight, not by the things that I see going on around me, not by even what I'm hearing going on around me. I'm gonna choose to walk by faith, trusting that God has already gone ahead. He knows what's to come. He knows what this day will bring. He knows what tomorrow will bring. He already knows the end result of all of it. And we know the end result of all that. He, he tells us what the end will look like. He tells us that we get to have our future written uh, with him 
living with him in all of eternity, um, where there is no more pain, no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more hurting. Um, and I, when we started this, I was kind of thinking like, okay, God, like why, why this right now? Um, and to be honest with you, I have even just, if you just take out like the, a, a section of, of life yesterday, if I take out yesterday, the amount of sad, hard, difficult, bad, um, just dark things that are going on in people, just people that I know, <laughs> people close to me, friends of mine that are walking through difficult seasons, even in our own family, walking through difficult seasons. It's so much, it's so much. And it's so easy to fix our eyes on those things that I can see. Fix our eyes on the things that I can see instead of what I know is true of God's word. And walking by faith, believing him that he is gonna use every ounce of the pain, every ounce of every tear that we've cried, every um, heartache that we've had, he will use all of it for our good, for his glory. Does that mean this part in the middle, the messy middle doesn't hurt or it, it's easy to walk through? Absolutely not. We are not denying the, the pain of the messy middle and the reality of the messy middle. But our future is set. Our future is clear. We can know what to put our faith and trust in, knowing that God was with us at the beginning. He's with us here in the messy middle, and he will be with us in our victorious future. And this week, as we're talking about walking by faith and not by sight, we're looking at giving God the glory for even what is seen. Yesterday, or excuse me, on Monday, we were reading from Romans 20, verses 20, 20 and 21, that we're talking about how the, the Jews and the Gentiles of the time, and so this was a letter that Paul was writing to the Romans, the church of, of Romans, um, the church in Rome, that there many, the way he describes it in his letter is that many see God. They see God, his divine power and a divine nature. They, they see him through creation. They experience him, they get to know him through creation, whether it's through the human relationship or whether it's through actually seeing the, the beauty of creation all around them, God developed the earth as it is and people as it is so that we can know and experience him at that level by what is seen. But even though we see him in creation and all these things, we kind of like, mm, we think we know better or we think, like that's cool over there, but that doesn't apply to this area of my life. And we don't see how that God being present and real in, in creation translates into, well, maybe he could possibly help me with this situation. If he's the God who holds the stars in place, then he's the God who holds my heart the same as the song Stars from um, the band Skillet says. He, he puts the stars in place he can hold my heart, but often we don't translate those two things. We see the stars and we can be awed by them, but then we are fearful about this situation. Fearful that God isn't a big enough God to handle what's going on in my life. Or he 
he's too big to, to care what's going on in my life or all the different scenarios we might run through. And so instead of just trusting and believing in this God of creation that we see, we, we choose lesser. We settle for self-help books. We settle for the counsel of friends who may or may not be walking in alignment with, with Christ and may, may or may not give us biblical wisdom and advice. We settle for what seems to make more sense to us without recognizing or, or, or comparing it to or setting it against the truth of the scripture, setting it against the truth of who God is and knowing his character. We know that he is faithful and he cannot not be faithful because he is God. That is his character. He cannot go against his character. He can't act in opposition to his character. So if he tells us that he is faithful, we can trust that. We can believe in that. Romans 1 verse 22, after Paul went through this scenario of people see and know God's eternal power and divine nature by experiencing him in their life through creation and, and different things. Then he goes on to say that in verse 21, that they were futile in their thinking and their discerning hearts had become wise because they weren't giving glory to God for those things that they could see. And now it says in verse 22, claiming to be wise, they became fools. In claiming to be wise, they became fools. So this is again, another gut check for me of what is it that I'm putting my faith in stock in? What is it that I'm, I'm believing to be wise? Is it the way the world tells me I should be living my life? Is, is that what wisdom is? Because that's what seems to be right and relevant to the people of today. Or is wisdom based on an eternal perspective, an eternal truth, an eternal reality, eternal um, goodness of God, an eternal reality of the existence of this eternal God? Is that what wisdom is? And I think so much of our life, we get, again, just focused in so much on Here's the issue right here bef before me. Here's the issue that I'm dealing with. And I'm going to focus all of my energy and effort on fixing this thing. Because, of course, that's, that's my, my giftedness, right? <laughs> For me, like, I, I feel like I'm a fixer. I, I like understanding the ins and outs of the why behind things and knowing what made it so. And then I can go back and, and rework those things, the process, and lay out a new process so that this, this thing that's the problem dissipates. And while that may work very well in a manufacturing process or in a business process in life, it does not work that way. It does not work that way. God did not give me an assignment to be a fixer of people's problems. He did not give me the assignment to be a fixer of people. He gave me an assignment to be a minister of his grace and truth. He gave me an assignment to be a communicator of the gospel. He gave me an assignment to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ that breaks the chains of bondage and sets people free from their sin. That is the assignment. He didn't give us the assignment 
to take this problem and this person that's going through the problem and work on it, like work it, work it, work it until it's fixed and, and the knots are tangled out. A, a couple of days ago, I, there was a necklace I was wanting to wear and I've been avoiding wearing it because why? It was in this, <laughs> seriously, the knot of those necklaces was like a significant knot. It ended up being like seven necklaces got tangled up together, just being in my little drawer. And so I had all these necklaces that I really love and enjoy wearing, but hadn't worn in a, like six months because this knot had been in them. So finally it took me like maybe, maybe 10 minutes to work through the knots and get the necklaces untangled so that I could wear the one necklace that I had been really wanting to wear <laughs> that matched my earrings and all this stuff. But it's just like that, that we see these knots right? These knots of life, these issues of life. And we think we just have to manage our way through them and, and get in there and, and untangle them. When God is not calling us to untangle the mess, our job is not to untangle the mess. That's God's job. Our job is to be surrendered enough, loose enough that God can work through us and allow the mess to, to change us to transform us to, and then to become set free over time. But it is God who is the one who does the unraveling. It is God who is the one who takes out the knots. It is not our job, it's not our calling to fix the, the, the mess in front of us. It is not our job to fix the, the mess of the people that we see around us. It is not our job and our calling to do that because when we do that, it, it forces us into this way of thinking that claiming to be wise, we become fools. I'm reading through Job right now as well and, and it's all of his friends believing that they knew what was right for him, believing they knew that um, it was because of Job's grave sin that he was experiencing all of these difficult things. We can make so many misjudgments because we think we are wise, because we think we know better, because we think that we have the answer that our friend needs, or we have the solution that this person needs, and if they only followed our way and our path, and if they only did this or that, then surely they would have a, a, just a picture-perfect life like mine or whatever the scenario is. Or they wouldn't be going through that suffering if only they didn't make this mistake. No, that's not how God operates. That's not how God operates. God uses the difficult and the suffering things of this life to mold and shape us. He uses it for our character development. He uses it, he allows those things to happen in our lives, not because of what we have done, but because he is a good God who wants to, to give us the best tools possible so that we can be ministers of grace, of truth, of goodness, of compassion, of, of comfort and peace to other people, experiencing the joy that only comes through him. It doesn't come through having a picture-perfect life. Joy doesn't come from having a picture-perfect life. I know people who have, quote-unquote, a picture-perfect life who have no joy. 
I have, know people who have lived a life in the church who have no joy. I know people who have grown up knowing, having the head knowledge of the scripture, but it never translating to here and actually changing how they live their life and how the, the compassion and empathy that they have for people. There has never been this translation because they're claiming to be wise in their minds. And when they do that, become fools. And that's been my prayer, Lord, over myself. If there is any area of my life, any area of my thinking that is messed up, skewed, broken, that's that's um, just slightly off, <laughs> even slightly off is, is, is not right according to the scripture. And I wanna be right according to God's scripture. And if I speak anything, I want it to be God's words, God's truth not based on what Stephanie thinks, not based on my opinion, because my opinion doesn't matter. My opinion only gets me really nowhere. It's only what God says that matters. So claiming to be wise, they became fools. Oh, that we would not become fools because we are just fixated on the truth of this world. We're fixated on the truth of our experience even. We're fixated on the truth that feels right, even though it's in opposition to what the truth of the scripture says. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I come before you this morning just with this heart of recognition, knowing that we are bombarded with, with news, we're bombarded with um, self-help books, we're bombarded with many kinds of books that claim to speak truth and wisdom. God, I pray that you would give us as your sons and daughters the, the discernment to know, is this truth based on biblical truth or is this truth based on the knowledge of the world that isn't a lasting, eternal kind of knowledge? God, I want to have your eternal power and divine nature a part of my thinking. Help us, Lord, to be able to discern and and really cast out anything that is not based on your biblical truth. God, I pray that you would help us just to take account of what our minds are fixated on right now, whether it's the, the, the depravity of this world, whether it's uh, the, the government, whether it's the vaccines or the COVID virus or whatever it is, God, that our minds are just so bombarded with. I pray, God, that we would submit everything to you every thought captive, Lord, unto you. And Father, if there are any areas of our life where we have been claiming to be wise, but that wisdom is not based on you and your wisdom and your biblical um, knowledge for us, God, I pray that you would prune it off, that you would help us to eliminate that from our thinking. And God, may we stand firm on the truth of your word. And that when we open our mouths, God, that the truth of your word would flow freely through it. And that means, God, that we're spending time in your word so that we can know you, that we know your truth, we know what it says. And so that when we, we have our little antenna going up saying, oh, something's wrong here, something's wrong about what I'm being told, that we would know because we know what your word says. We'd be able to, to distinguish between right and wrong. We'd be able to distinguish between lies and truth. We'd be able to distinguish between what is noble and upright and true and good versus what is not all of those things. 
So Father God, I pray that today you would equip us with your strength, with your courage, with your boldness to be able to speak truth when we're called upon, to be able to know the difference between right and wrong, Father, and to seek you first, to seek your word, that you would uh, just allow your, your, your words to penetrate our mind and then saturate into our hearts so that our behavior and how we live this life would be changed for our good and for your glory. I thank you, Lord, for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, thank you for being with me today on Cup of Hope. Have a blessed and wonderful day, and I will see you back here on Friday. Bye-bye. Blessings to you, Cup of Hope family. I hope to see you tomorrow as we join back together on Cup of Hope. If you're in need of more hope or more resources, you're looking for something to read or dig into uh, to find out more about God, you can go to my website, stephaniewinslow.com, stephaniewinslow.com, and find more helpful resources there. Blessings, Cup of Hope family, and we'll see you tomorrow.